It's Cofield and Company. 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 Who put y'all in charge of snack distribution? With Steve Cofield. Then I seen him. I seen Steve. And Adam Hill. Adam Hill is usually so fair, so reasonable. Uh, That's shocking to hear something like that from Adam Hill. It's time for Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Friday, 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 Friday. Adam Hill is in. He is the company. Ari's back in our Finley Toyota Studios. It's Cofield on a big Friday. Uh, had a game plan for the show. Have to tear up part of the game <laughs> plan because of the breaking news with John Gruden and the NFL and the fact that people are shocked around the country that John Gruden is filing a lawsuit. Um, listen, every market uh, you know, pay, kind of pays attention to what's going on in their market. But in this market... Uh, we were talking about John Gruden going after the NFL. The whispers were there very early on after the uh, the league appeared to have forced Gruden to resign. It's something that Mark Davis certainly did not want. So a great lineup today. Damn, Ari. It's funny, uh, our buddy JT the Brick over on uh, r 920 yesterday tweeted out that no sports radio show in America has three great defenders on air like uh, – Bill Romanowski and Eric Allen and uh, Bill Piano, and then uh, Ari comes back today with, oh yeah, is that right? Okay, all right. We're gonna have uh, we're gonna have five NFL players, former NFL players on. So later in the show, we'll talk to Steve Verlon, Stanford Route, Kyle Turley, Mark McMillan, and Danny News. Is that enough? That's five. Okay, he still has time to book something at five oh five. We'll blow out the big five to get more players on. But we, we like can- that. We like that perspective. Um, and this is a massive weekend. Sunday night football. The Chiefs are here. I feel like the Raiders and Chiefs are more on equal footing than they've been before, but maybe Adam will tell us that's not the case. Let's do it. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Ari went insane. Ari went insane. By, by the way, I don't push him at all for any of this. So when he does it, it's, I, mean, I'm, I come in, I'm like, whoa, I can't believe this just happened. I think we can just do the big five as a different guest, each number. <laughs> it's going to be it'll be a good run of conversations today. Um, crazy sports weekend again. We keep doing this uh, every couple of weeks in Las Vegas. Well, with Major League Sports here, this is what you're going to get. Um, and believe me, folks, watch what comes up starting in like the third week of November, which essentially is coming up um, with college basketball on the ground here. Oh. It is, it's going to be crazy. But uh, this weekend, we've got what? UFC. Uh, UNLV football, UFC's at what? The uh, the Apex. Sure. By the way, what's that shiny building on 215 going west? I think it's past. There's like a shiny glass building that I, like just went up real quickly. I drove by it today and I was like blinded. Um, it's just past all the glass on the UFC facility. I don't know. I'll you go know. check it out. I'll be, go. I'll be down there in the area tomorrow. I do some, check do some snooping. Uh, UFC's in town. UNLV football at 1 o'clock against Cal. UNLV, check that. Against Hawaii. Ninth Island Showdown. That's at Allegiant. UNLV basketball at five over at the Thomas and Mac. Uh, as you like to call them, VGS is sure. still on a homestand. And then Sunday night football with the hated Chiefs. And yeah, maybe Adam doesn't care, but I hate them. 
And I hate most people associated with him. Unless one of our player friends actually played for the Chiefs, and then we can deal with that. Sure. But up the Chiefs, coolies. What does that mean? Rear end. Okay. Uh, I have a, I mean, I have a tough choice tomorrow because I want to do three, at least three of the four. I think. I'm How is that possible? Well, UFC is a day, daytime card. What time does it start? 10 uh, like 10 a.m. prelims. So you go to the beginning? So my thought is, well, I want to see the main event. So my thought is prelims for UFC, UNLV football first half, UFC main event, UNLV basketball, VGS. I think I can do all four. That's my goal. Not shocking. Not surprising that you would try to do all four. But that's, that's what I'm going for. I think it'll be a good time. I will not be at UFC. Okay. I will be at UNLV football and basketball. Oof, that's, it's going to be close. You're I, won't close. Be, I won't be able to stay for the entire Hawaii game. <laughs> well, don't you have to, aren't you on sidelines on both? Sort of. Sort oh, of. Oh, boy. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> it's going to be tricky. I don't think I can stay around for the post-game convo, which will suck if it's a second win of the season. Uh, Marcus Arroyo and I have really bonded after games talk, talking about losses. It's, that, was not, you know, that was not pleasant for him. You know, no one no. wants to sit there and have to talk to me after losses. It's already, you know, he barely wanted to do it after a win. If you saw what I look like with my tiny microphone and True. Puss, on, puss on my face. I mean, I felt I felt bad that his first win had to come in Albuquerque. You know, you're Albuquerque bashing. I'm not going to address it's... it today, but I actually, every time I go to Albuquerque, I have a, a better and better time. You like meth. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's why. All right, let's go to break off of that. <laughs> Yes, it's a very simple explanation. That is actually why uh, every year I now look forward, and now it's a it, it, possibly it's twice a year because um, uh, well, in this case, you know, basketball basketball be playing there in March. But yes, I will go get lots of meth. No, I don't think you enjoy the actual. I don't. Think Would you, you like me to bring you back some? No, I, I don't think that you do it. I think you like being around people that do. Oh, I like meth. Makes you feel superior. Um. Yeah, that's not bad. It's a bit uplifting. It's good. It's good. It is good for the. See how your average meth head looks for the self confidence. Like I've got broken teeth, but I'm like not that many broken teeth. <laughs> sure. I got this weird skin tag on my forehead. I mean, look at their skin. That's a nightmare. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm getting at. There you go. I didn't expect to do uh, meth material, but I was ready to go. You had it ready. Uh, VGK wins. VGS. VGK wins. Um, how is Alec Martinez? My God, oh. I. Uh, you know, I ripped my face open one time when I was a kid. And I think I, I think I received like sixty-five stitches. But I mean, I literally like ripped the side of my mouth. How did open. that happen? I fell out of a bunk bed and kind of caught, it, how, caught, caught it like a hook. We talked about this. Yeah, before. that's how I. That's yeah, how we, it happened we, to me. Yeah, we both we both fell out of uh, some sort yeah. of bed. Bed. But anyway, um, yeah, I was a little kid. It's healed up. You know, I now I there's not a massive scar. Where was he cut? And uh, and Debor said like fifty plus stitches. It was, it was a he took a skate to the a skate God, blade the to the worst. face, and it wasn't. It's it's nothing that was it. Someone flipping. Yeah, it's like somebody got knocked down and their the back of their skate kicked right. up in the air. You ever have this happen to you? Um, I had the same thing happen, but not with a skate, with a cleat. I was playing third base oh, in yeah. like Pony League, and someone came in head first, and they bounced. Their back leg came up and busted me right over the eye. I got a, like one of two different cuts over my eye. I took a lot of cleats. Yeah. Uh, to the face? No, no, I don't remember. I'm sure I did, but I don't like remember like a bat, battle like wounds, a, like a gruesome one. Battle wounds. But I was Mister like block third because okay. I played a lot of third base growing up, and I was Mister like block third on a steal attempt. That's pretty good. And I would just take cleats all all day. I didn't block. I just he apparently this person bounced and kicked me in the face. <laughs> Which by the way, I saw I saw one of those interesting. Uh, every once in a while with athletes, you you, you see these uh, like I played the game. 
Did you see what Danny Cannell tried to pull on? Uh, oh, what's the guy's name that everyone is getting annoyed with? Uh, at, at, he's a college football writer at USA Today. Uh, Dan something. Well, uh, Walken. Okay. And he, I guess he was talking about, I don't even know what case it was, a coach dropping mother blankers on players. And said, you know, the, and Walken said, like, that's, you know, inexcusable. And Cannell pulled one of those, like, well, you know, easy to see who didn't play sports. <laughs> so it, a good discussion came out of that about, you know, do you have to curse at kids all the time? You really don't. You kind of do. Oh, you do? I think so. And that's for me, a, a big time cursy guy. Yeah, I think you do. All right. So anyway, how's Alec Martinez? It's kind I of, mean, the, that was the topic. Is he all right? From, from what we heard uh, last night, it was like the most subtle, like understated statement ever of how's Alec Martinez doing to Pete DeBoer. And he said, that was nasty. I don't know the number, but I think it was at least 50 stitches that it took. Uh, to uh, suture up his face. So, what does that mean to me? Alec Martinez plays tomorrow. Like that, that dude's a that dude's just a beast. Right? He's not he's not going to miss much. Was time he blocking this. shots last year with just broken bone, like his, a bag of bones as a foot? His leg was a mess. Right. And, and it was it's one of those things like where you're almost one of the things I don't miss from being in locker rooms. Like you would see the legs of the hockey players after games where they would just take blocks. They would block shots all game, and their legs were just a mess. And Alec Martinez, more than anyone. I feel like we have a story to match every one of these injury deals because your leg was a mess after you, uh, like, shredded your – what was that, your calf? Yeah. It, it was, was a mess. Two times I've seen you uh, with the bad wheels, uh, the the shredding the calf on trying to do, like, I don't know, like calf raises. Plyometrics. Yeah. yeah, and then the other time was when you got karate kicked in the leg at the Oakland Coliseum because you're being yeah. an obnoxious Bills fan. That black and blue mark was – Awesome. That was disgusting. Well, you're, you're also missing out on the great, uh, the great covering the protests blisters. Oh well, yeah, your, cauli- your cauliflower foot, horrific. So yeah, I've had a lot. Well, and and that's what I'm talking about with the uh, blocking of third, like the cl- amount of cleats to the ankle oh, yeah. that I took throughout my throughout my baseball life uh, was gross, but like way grosser was you know these guys are taking like hundred mile power slap shots off their legs blocking shot it's and and insane. like continue to do it after the initial injury that's the crazy part like Look, i didn't see you trying to be to, super I, obnoxious I, I didn't see you trying to like run laps with your shredded calf i tried it didn't work out. no it didn't uh i'll be super obnoxious like yeah. are you the, gonna come over the top on me on this no no, no i'm gonna say at some point like can you can it get any worse like i'm just saying yeah. i'm not like criticize like listen uh, they are insane to do what they do, yeah. but at some point, if you've taken like thirty of them, is the thirty-first going to make it worse? Wasn't well, it kind of like? Uh, I just I wonder if your leg gets like hardened, kind of that the whole thing in MMA with the with the Muay Thai style, where they actually kick a tree stump to friggin' just crush their leg Ugh. into the point where it's a freaking oak tree. Oh man, and, we got and, a lot of gross stories today. We do well. Let's just we'll stay MMA. Did you did you see the picture of Frankie Edgar's face last week? Uh, I saw the I saw the I saw the, I saw I saw the like contorted shot. Right, that's a real picture. I though. actually didn't know that was him. No, I and, thought it was some like fifty eight year old guy but, from but, California, not, not thirty eight year old from New so Jersey. There was a like a super you know close up camera that got a picture just as he took a kick to the face, Dad. and all the skin on his face just like melts. Yep. And then pops back into place, obviously. But if you look in slow motion to see what happens to their face, so and so awesome. just tying it in, like I think that's what's happening to your leg every time 
that that you get hit probably and like your your skin and your whole body just contorts around it's horrifying uh, that wasn't the way the show was going to start, but uh, we'll get into more of the show on the way back as we have to talk about the Ravens last night. You know, this is the Raiders fans looking around the league. You got to watch the Ravens. You got to watch the Steelers, the Chargers, the Bengals, the Browns. You got all these teams that you're in that same area with. You're going to go against one of them this weekend in the Chiefs. We'll talk about what happened with the Ravens last night. And of course, if you haven't heard, John Gruden is officially suing the NFL. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. End zone picked off. This game is over. Justin Coleman. And what a night by this Dolphin defense. They won the game. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. You know, it's funny, when I used to hear the song in the past, I would complain about it. But you know how much I love T-Pain now that I know his story. Crank it up. Because the original version is, is great. Because it's, it's an absolute ripoff of the Houston Oilers song. Yeah, it's just a remake changing the, changing the names of the teams. Yeah. I mean, what a glorious victory for the Dolphins. And for Raiders fans, was it? I actually, I thought the fourth quarter was freaking dynamite. And I, are you going to go down the path of everyone needs to give up in yeah. the middle of the season? Yeah, why are they winning? Uh, why not? You're trying to develop Tua, and maybe Tua actually. I, I don't know why they didn't start him, but there is. I understand they're trying to balance getting a good draft pick, but you you do have to make a decision here on Tua. So to have him go out there and look okay, they should try to win games the rest of the year because you're trying to develop Tua and get an answer. Because the last thing you want to do, Adam, is bail on to Now, it, so far for the Jets, like nothing's worked with Darnold, right? Darnold hasn't succeeded, and they haven't really found a quarterback yet because we haven't seen enough of Zach Wilson. But the last thing you want to have happen if you're the Dolphins is go, you know what, Tua didn't work. Let's go in a different direction, and then Tua will work somewhere else. He's got to play the rest of the year if he can stay healthy with the finger. Sure. But, I mean, I've – and I'm actually – I think there is something to winning, um, but it's being able to win not actually winning and in that case what you want to do is hey we're up we're up 12 right now we won the game so score we're gonna let you get the onside kick and score again and we can lose and do what we need no to do no one's gonna do that because, they should because his job's also on the line do you, do you know what the conversations are between steve ross and management no but i would tell them this is for you okay this is for us okay well i'm sure matt rule said this is for you we don't need Cam Newton. And then five hours later, Cam Newton's arm in arm with David Tepper in front of his house. Well, apparently it's, it's Matt, not Matt Rule's the one that called. It's not always as easy, I guess. I, you know, it's funny. Yesterday, Candy kind of go went, was ready to go down the same path. Like, what's the point of bringing in Cam Newton? Why are you trying to win? And I'm like, they're a half, they're game, half game out. They're a half game out, right? Right, that's different. Um, the You know what? The Dolphins with a miracle actually could get back in it because I think the middle of, I think the, middle of the AFC is going to be a freaking bloodbath. There's going to be a ton of teams sitting at 9 and 10 wins. Now, the, the Dolphins coming out of a 2-7, and seven, now 3-7 and seven hole, it's tough. So, anyway, we're going, we're going into a minutia and a side well, argument. Well, and, no, and here's, here's the other factor that I'll throw out there. Uh, let's say, because obviously what the Dolphins want to do is make the trade for Deshaun Watson at the end of the year. Like, that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And what if at the end of the year you get beat out by another team that wants to trade for Deshaun Watson because the Texans are like, 
Eh, you moved up about four spots with that win. Who's that team? Well, who, I mean, it, it, who knows be, who it could it be? It ain't going to be Philly. Because I think Philly's going to finish with a better record. I think Philly's going to have a good second half. That's that's In fine. Fact, but, I think it starts this weekend. I think they go to Denver and beat them. Well, that's fine. But what if and what if the Texans are like, well, we would have traded with you if you had the one or two pick, but now that you have the seven or eight pick, is, eh, is any of this a discussion since Deshaun Watson said he will not go anywhere else except Miami? He said that out loud publicly. We saw. What would be the reason for anyone to put it out? What would be the reason? I mean, there was a lot of things that came out this last week about that trade that made no sense to come out. Like? Uh, like everything about the the, the teams offered more than three, than three first-round picks for Deshaun Watson? Really? Really? That I mean, that obviously Houston leaked that out. But so wait, the, Texans the, the three first-round picks was not the best deal? Texans would lie about Miami being the only spot that Deshaun Watson would agree to? There's, there's, no, there's information coming from both sides. Okay. And so there's, there's so much out there about this trade. Apparently, the Dolphins had the deal done for three firsts and two seconds, and there was that was not the best deal on the table, according to sources, Texans, right? Uh, that came out there. So there's craziness on both sides. All I'm saying is, the better draft pick you have, the better position you're in. Either take a player or make a trade based on what you want to do for your future. Winning helps you zero. So what do you think of the Gruden lawsuit? So here's what's come out. Pelissaro reported earlier today that uh, Gruden is suing the NFL, Roger Goodell, Nevada District Court, alleging the league sought to destroy Gruden's career and reputation through a, uh, quote, malicious and orchestrated campaign that led to his resignation last month. Um, also, my favorite part of this whole thing is that they used a uh, Soviet-style character assassination. Yeah. which the NFL now is in hot water because they're doing salute to service. So if they're like the Soviets, then should they be running? What? What's wrong? Is that overthinking it's, it? I mean, it's not. Yeah, that's that's an allegation from somebody saying it was Soviet style. It's not is the it, NFL. Is it that far from? Maybe it's not that far from the truth. <laughs> if we went with Soviet style espionage. But wasn't so- Soviet style secret to me To me, Soviet style... Means, Let's have an argument means, about what Soviet no, style because, is. No, because it's, that means it's a lie. Like, the Soviet way was to put out disinformation that was lies. Like, all they did is release truths. I feel like this is simply the NFL style. Yes. Or like the Boston media said, style. They use the NFL style to do what they always do. And I should also point out while we're here, it's, that was a David Farrar from the Review Journal report, not a Pelissero report. Oh, he had it originally? Yeah. Okay. That was ours. I didn't see Pelissero steal it from him. Yeah. Um, this is not a surprise. You actually wrote yeah. about this pretty much within a day or two yeah. of his resignation. I, you talked to uh, Justin Watkins from Battleborn Injury Lawyers, ran it across him, and you guys talk more about interfering with a contract. Yeah, and that's essentially, I mean, what they're what they're saying is that they forced the Raiders into doing this. Um, the The interesting things that I think came out of this original lawsuit that we learned about today. Uh, one official confirmation that it was a 10 year, $100 million deal that had never really been done before. Um, we all suspected it. We all reported on it. We all thought that was the case, but officially from Gruden's side said that the NFL interfered with a 10 year, $100 million contract, uh, with the Raiders. So that I thought was wow. interesting. Um, but also the, the other thing that we all expected and suspected was the truth was alleged in this lawsuit, which is the NFL leaked an email on a Friday before a game 
and told the Raiders, according to the lawsuit, again, this is not fact, this is an allegation from one side, but the NFL leaked the one email on Friday and said, do something about it before Sunday. And the Raiders didn't. They had John Gruden coach on that Sunday. The Raiders played a horrific game. You know, said it wasn't a distraction, but clearly they were distracted out on the field. Played a terrible game. And then the NFL said, I thought we said to do something about it before Sunday. Here's the rest of the emails on Monday. So that was an allegation that also came out of this lawsuit that we expected was the case. Mm -hmm. But that is not what they are alleging. This is great. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. You know, we get to Fridays with Cofield and Company, and the last few weeks, I just want to break down games. Like, seriously. And we like talking about all the other stuff, but today, now we're talking about John Gruden suing the NFL. It's craziness. Total craziness. Uh, we'll get back to Thursday Night Football as well, but a uh, big weekend with the Chiefs in town for Sunday Night Football and Kyle Turley. You know him. Played offensive line in the league with the uh, the Saints and Kansas City, and he gives Cofield and Company here in Vegas a couple of minutes. Kyle, how you doing? I'm doing great. Great to be with y'all. Thanks for giving us a couple minutes. So I don't know if you've gotten wind of what's going on with John Gruden today, but uh, he's actually suing the NFL, saying that they had a uh, malicious orchestrated campaign to to take him out. You're a guy who, you know, who disagreed with some things and still does disagree with some things that the NFL does. What do you think about this? A, a, a coach suing the league? Yeah, well, I, I think it's bigger than that. I think it goes back to Al Davis being uh, not one of their guys. And it goes all the way to the top and that they're trying to get the Raiders back into the fold. Uh, they have since Al Davis came up as a coach, saved his, uh, you know, shekels and uh, seized an opportunity to take uh, ownership of that team. And um, I, I think it's much bigger than John Gruden. Yeah, you're speaking to the choir on that one because we've seen so many examples even since the uh, the Raiders have been here uh, in Vegas where we feel like the you know Mark Davis and, and the Raiders are getting the short end of the stick. There's no doubt. I, I think that the NFL is truly out for a power grab here to take control of the, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. You know, now that the team is there and uh, in Las Vegas, it, it is going to be the uh, obvious you know number one uh, producer as far as money is concerned. Uh, the amount of money that that franchise uh, has value-wise in projection is, I mean, I, I can't imagine that you could put a, a number on that, you know, being where that location is and the opportunity in that city that an NFL franchise would have, uh, that that's out of the fold, like I said, uh, because it's still under Davis' ownership, um, speaks volumes to what is really going on right here where they've drummed up, you know, uh, what, 2011 emails that that's what this is over 2011 emails I, I bet if you go back to 2011 uh you go back to 2011 and you're going to uh, get emails from roger goodell and jeff cash and alan stills <laughs> and the entire you know uh staff of the nfl all these guys that uh are quite questionable what do you think of what uh, Roger Aaron Rodgers did, what he said, and then how the NFL reacted with a uh, $15,000 fine? 
Uh, it's absurd. They, they made me get a flu shot every year. They forced me to play through being unbelievably sick where I shouldn't have been out there again with, you know, all the injuries and stuff. I mean, the flu was, was nothing, you know, to them. Uh, you're taking IVs before the game at halftime. They, they, they're carting me off the field after the last series so I could get in the locker room at halftime and get a full bag in. Uh, they, they don't care about our health. I'm, uh, that, that is very obvious. I, I think I've exposed that to great degree along with a number of other people in this entire conversation. You, you've done you've done great work in that in that regard and trying to get the the word out and, and get people to understand uh, the a lot of the health situations in the league and especially post career uh, with a lot of players. Are we are we getting better in that regard? Is the league getting better or is it just you know a lot of window dressing for what's going on? Uh, complete window dressing. It's not getting better at all. In fact, it's gotten significantly worse. We had one of our worst years as a retired community and dealing with this disease CTE that they still do not want to acknowledge and award players on. In fact, they've come up with their own schemes to racially profile players and all kinds of stuff, as it turns out. So, you know, again, back to the reason why we're here on this call, the NFL's uh, got some suspicious activity in how they operate when it comes to, you know, speaking the truth about what's going on and uh, the deviance that they have. Uh, that has you know surfaced once again here in a, a situation where they clearly don't want the Raiders to succeed right now. And uh, kudos to uh, Carr and uh, the rest of the team and everybody rallying and the, the rest of that coaching staff to be where they are right now. The I know one of the one of the issues that you've uh, you've talked about is you know cannabis usage and uh, how it could be used uh, medicinally and. Uh, in, in terms of treating pain and that sort of thing. Do you think we're close to getting that done in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, it's already happened. Uh, we had a big meeting. Uh, they made me sign a, a NDA. I can't talk about it. That was okay. two years ago, so I'm pretty sure it's up. And, um, you know, they brought out all the top dog cannabis companies in this space. We went to the Marina Del Rey Marriott, took over the whole ninth floor, I gave a full PowerPoint presentation on the cannabinoid system, the importance of it, how it is the only neuroprotectant opportunity that NFL players truly have at this time, uh, as it is the only patented substance in the world uh, to have neuroprotective uh, status you know, put on it by the medical community. Um, and so, you know, they, they understand this. They voiced that in that meeting and said that they knew exactly what I was talking about and, and, and uh, that it would just take time. So after that, they moved to not test players anymore or not suspend players anymore, rather. They're still testing, uh, to my understanding, not suspending and wanting to know why players are using cannabis. But I know what they're doing because they don't return calls anymore since that meeting and have refused to meet with me. Uh, Alan Sills is the chief medical officer of the NFL, the head of neurology at Vanderbilt University, where I was in and out of the ER prior to moving back to California and finding the resolution I have in cannabis, where I don't have these episodes putting me in the ER anymore, creating vertigo, seizures, all of these things that were off the charts cognitively for me. And he won't even meet with me. He's down the damn street. So, uh, again, back to the reason for the call, the NFL has some questions to answer in and of themselves, and I would just hope that people would cry for the transparency of emails from 2011 uh, across the board. That'd be fun.
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> good way to put it. Um, well, let's transition back to the football field for a minute here, and, and uh, I want you to to break things down for us. Um, did you see the offensive line? Well, it, really, he, he robbed a screen pass last night. The the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, that I I thought that was friggin' awesome, and then the athleticism he showed on the play was great. Yeah, hundred percent, man. I have situations like that. You just are in the moment, you know. He didn't see the guy being right next to him. Yeah. <laughs> the best was watching the guy that was supposed to catch the ball, and uh, you know, watching that guy do it and run. And he's, you know, everybody's just looking like you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. I had one where uh, the ball went right over my head. It was a quick slap pass to Joe Horn and uh, Superdome there. Bounced right off his numbers and right into my face. I grabbed it, ran for, I think, 16 yards and a first down on the Denver Broncos. I thought I was about to break out and get a touchdown. It was the highlight of my uh, lineman career. <laughs> so as a former player, I really want you to get uh, involved in a discussion we were just having. And we have this discussion all the time around this time of year, the halfway point of the season. It looks like some teams you know, are, are bound for greatness or a playoff spot. Other teams, the season might just be over. How are teams supposed to balance and what do players think of trying to balance? Hey, you know, we're, we're still trying to be competitive, but, you know, winning sometimes isn't always the best thing for the franchise in terms of draft picks. Yeah, it's a tough one. You do start to see the politics seep in and uh, people being played that shouldn't be or, uh, play, you know, on both sides of it. You know, guys getting uh, forced to play off those injuries just so they can cut them the next day to, you know, uh, guys that, uh, you know, are had no stats, waiting and, you know, don't want to get hurt. Uh, they get the contract year. They could be a free agent. You know, there's already bad turmoil. It, it does start to surface the politics of it and, and it, and it gets ugly. Uh, and it's unfortunate, you know, um, that the NFL again, uh, and the union haven't seen fit to negotiate proper terms on NFL player contracts to, Get rid of all this, you know. They can easily do that with guaranteed contracts and lifetime medical benefits, just like every other pro sports league does. And guys would go out there and give everything they got. And, and until then, you're going to have the Philip Lindsay who lives in his mom's basement and becomes the All Pro and the starter and gets all the yards, and he's got a, only a twenty thousand dollars signing bonus. And, uh, and that, you know, he's in a rookie trap contract because the NFLPA is unbelievably horrible at doing their job. Um, you know, we're going to receive, what, a billion dollars out of $500 billion over the next five years that the NFL is bringing in. I said it three years ago at the Super Bowl on Radio Row, and nobody said it since, and here we are because of D. Marie Smith and the unbelievably inept you know, staff and, and executive committee that are just beyond committed to the quarterback club. And that's how it's been since they joined forces. You know, not many people have talked about this, but going back to the, you know, the leaks of emails, that Friday where the first email leaked from John Gruden actually happened to be the day that uh, DeMar Smith was up for the vote. Um, do you think there was anything weird with the timing of that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not weird <laughs> at all. Uh, very, very indicative. Uh, and, um, you know, again, it's a battle out here. I think everybody's aware of that right now. And uh, it's a matter of, you know, sane, logical people that were raised in this country that understand that this is the only melting pot in the world. And we really need to stop all this, cancel crap, and come together because we're going to end up finding ourselves like these other countries 
and they're not too friendly to diversity. If you look around and you do some traveling, you'll find that out real quick. Uh, what was that song we heard coming in? Uh, what was it, Flying Helmets? Yeah, <laughs> Flying Helmets. That was my first song. You know, I, I met with old uh, Hank Free uh, and sat down with him back here in Nashville. He said, just write, write whatever you feel like getting off your chest right now. It's going to suck, and you got huh. to get it out. <laughs> so I wrote Flying Helmets there. It's a fun song, and uh, I, I get to take my shot. <laughs> Who's going to win the game this weekend, Chiefs or Raiders? Man, I hope my Chiefs pull it out. They're struggling right now, that's for sure. And the Raiders are back in the corner like never before. I think that locker room is going to rally uh, big time. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would hate to be the Chiefs right now, honestly. Uh, they, they've got a lot to play for, and they're fighting for their coach because I don't, I, I don't think I heard that locker room uh, too loudly say that they didn't want Gruden there uh, when they made him leave. You know, I, I hear a lot of talking heads out here, and everybody's got their sob story about how it was for them, this, that, and the other. Well, I, I could, you know, there's a lot of people can say the same thing and flip it all around. I should have made six damn Pro Bowls. I don't put my first six years in the NFL up against anybody's career at offensive line, period. And hands down, I'll, if I didn't have the back injury and all these things, I'll take anybody's job in the league tomorrow. And that's the truth. Okay, so, you know, it, it goes both ways, and people know that, and they got to own up to that as well. Kyle, we appreciate the time, man. Have a good weekend. Thank you so much. Thank you all. There is Kyle Turley, former Saint. He had some issues on the field, uh, and then well-documented issues off the field. A lot of it struggling post-NFL play because of head injuries and other injuries, and he's been fighting the fight. And every time he comes on, man, he is fired up to go at the NFL. So I we knew that uh, he would be – Certainly behind John Gruden from the, the lawsuit standpoint, going at the NFL, there's a, there's a lot of sinister stuff that seems to go on around this league. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Had to have reported as eligible, and then look at that. He's across the goal line. Watch this. This is fantastic. I mean, he went and got it. <laughs> and then reached across, but it doesn't count. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. The Football Friday. Ari, bring it in. Scarface there? Okay. Rick Ross, Miami. Oh. It's definitely it's it's a it was a similar song to, to it's the song. same it's the same song sure but it's not but Ari doesn't know the original I do I think oh, he does do? Scarface okay. yes I'm familiar um, that was an original last night terrible segue but uh, Robert Hunt we found out who he was <laughs> big number sixty eight for Miami that was awesome and then you, you hear Aikman was just cracking up because that dude. When he got a chance to, you know, embrace being an offensive player and getting downhill, he got downhill. Uh, Steve Berline played in the league. He works for CBS. He analyzes uh, football on the college level and the National Football League, and he's up with Cofield and Company. Steve, how are you? I'm doing great, guys. How about you? Uh, we're good. That was a funny moment last night. What do you think the uh, the Dolphins were like in, uh, you know, when they get to uh, actually watch film in terms of uh, judging how an offensive lineman stole away a screen pass? <laughs> well. It, it, it's a, it's uh, in all my years, it's the only time I've actually ever ever seen that, and uh, uh, I would I'm confident to say that we probably won't see it again for a while. Uh, yeah. But man, it was it was classic, and 
Uh, I'm, I'm just glad he didn't break his neck as well. I mean, the way he landed uh, on that play was uh, it could have been a could have been a, a pretty major deal as well. But uh, incredibly athletic, reaching that ball over the line and getting the touchdown, and uh, uh, or you know at least extend trying trying to get it across the line. Uh, but a, but a wild play to say the least, without a doubt. You know, we love to have former players on. First of all, you guys played the game, so you know. And, I, like, I want to come in today and, and do the typical sports radio thing. Like, yeah, Ravens weren't ready. They were looking ahead. But I, that doesn't explain what happened. So what exactly happened to the Ravens in losing that game? Well, you know, it's a great question. I was thinking about that this morning when I was uh, just kind of reflecting on everything that happened. And uh, I, I really I would like to do a little research and find out how well uh, with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, how well the Ravens have played on their short week games like this, well, on the Thursday night games. Mm-hmm. Um, because to me, he just did not look uh, like the normal Lamar Jackson. Um, he, he didn't look uh, very comfortable out there at all. i got to give a lot of credit to Miami's defense. I mean, they brought pressure. They started early with it, and they came with it all night long. And the Ravens had no answer for it. Um, and that's what generally happens. You know, you get against the team and you, you show uh, a vulnerability uh, where, where they feel like they can attack. And if you don't make the adjustments to, um, to, to offset and counter that, uh, you're going to keep seeing it all day until you show you can cover it, you can handle it. And that was what the case was last night. I mean, that offense never got in sync, never got comfortable. They never had an answer for the pressure that Miami was bringing. And, Miami was obviously highly motivated on national TV to make a statement, and uh, they, they really did. It seemed like what Miami really was doing is bringing blitzes from the secondary uh, instead of, you know, you see some linebacker blitzes and uh, things like that. But the, the secondary was blitzing a lot yesterday. What, what differences did that make to a quarterback when you're seeing DBs come at you? Well, that doesn't make a difference really from a quarterback's perspective. You just you have to be aware of – how many people you can pick up. And if they're bringing one or two more than you can protect, then you have to throw the ball hot or you have to somehow counter that by, by uh, getting into a better play away from the blitz or uh, checking to some sort of protection that will account for more people coming from one side than you can actually protect. And they, I don't know how the, uh, the, the, the Baltimore Ravens game plan was set up, I do know Greg Roman very well, but uh, I'm not familiar with the offense that they're running now for Lamar Jackson. Totally different than anything that I would have ever run. But but Greg Roman is educated enough and experienced enough to be able to should be able to counter uh, whatever a defense may throw at him in terms of providing some sort of uh, uh, solution uh, to at least you know give give their players a chance to make plays. And last night. Uh, it just didn't seem like there was anybody running open for the the Ravens, and maybe a few times when there were uh, opportunities, that there was just a jailbreak up front. And Lamar had nowhere to go, nowhere to move, and they did a really good job of of uh, corralling Lamar Jackson, not letting him get loose to make any of his, uh, you know, uh, very common big plays with his feet. So, just an all around great defensive effort and game plan by the Dolphins. I'm I'm sure if uh, if you knew the answer to this, then uh, the Chiefs would be able to solve it uh, much more quickly, I guess. But I guess what have you seen? What is wrong with the Chiefs? Well, I think they've been really dealt uh, a, a dose of of reality, and 
you know, as, as players get a little bit older, uh, I'm not saying that, that guys like Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and, um, you know, the other uh, members of the Chiefs offense um, that, you know, that have been in the league for, for several years are slowing down and not productive anymore. But, you know, as you get a little bit older, it becomes a little bit harder to get that separation. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, for the first few years of his career, has been uh, the golden boy, and he's been able to get away with being careless with the football, uh, you know, because it always has seemed to work out, you know, whether it's uh, him throwing the ball a little bit better or whether it's those guys, uh, the aforementioned guys, making plays down the field for him. It just seems like all those things always seem to work out for the Chiefs. Well, we all know that the game is not that easy. It just doesn't work out that way. We That's one of the most amazing things that we've been seeing over the past couple of years was how do the Chiefs continue to succeed at the level they're succeeding uh, when it's just not that easy. And this year they're starting to have to deal now with adversity. Some of those bounces are not going their way. Uh, Patrick Mahomes being careless with the football is starting to catch up with them. I think he's he's had a dose of mortality. You know, he realizes that you know he can't just show up and and uh, you know play at that high level each and every week, uh, being being careless with the football and expecting it to go his way. Uh, there's just a lot of different factors there that, that, that have come into play that have really uh, brought this team back down to earth. Now, there's still plenty of time in that division with the Chargers and the Raiders, uh, you know, only a half a game ahead of them. Uh, there's still a lot of time for them to get this ship right, and I expect them to be right in the middle of it before it's all said and done. But they, they definitely have been, you know, knocked down a couple of uh, a couple of links, you know, from that, that, that totem pole and, and – uh, uh, we'll see how they respond the rest of the year. I do expect them to respond positively, though. And to, to dig into the weeds a little bit on this, uh, we have seen teams really go with that you know too deep safety shell that the Buccaneers put on them in the Super Bowl. Everybody's copying. It's a copycat league. They're all doing it. Uh, 80% of dropbacks for Patrick Mahomes this year has been against that defense, and we've seen that he struggled. The dilemma for the Raiders is that's kind of the exact opposite of the way that they play. <laughs> So if you were a defensive coordinator attacking this, do you look and see what everybody else is doing and say, hey, that works, let's do that? Or do you stick with what you do? Well, you are what you are, but you also have to uh, obviously, uh, you know, you want to change up tendencies, number one. You don't want to ever have a, uh, an offense know 100% what they can expect in certain situations. And, and in looking at the film, when you see the frustration that, that it's caused, the Chiefs offense, and particularly Patrick Mahomes, when he's when he's forced to stand in there and be patient for four quarters, he, he does not like to do that. He likes to push the ball up the field. He wants to get his receivers running one-on-one down the field, and two-deep coverage does not allow very many opportunities to do that. You're going to throw the ball underneath a lot. You're going to take your check downs. Uh, the tight end should be a huge part of it, uh, but the, 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 the teams have had a pretty good uh, success level or success Raid against Travis Kelsey as well. He hasn't really broken loose for any big, consistent plays either. Uh, the other thing that you have to do against a two-deep shell look is you have to be able to run the football. And that's one of the things that, that really, uh, I think, has hurt the Chiefs a lot. They've not been able to get that run game going consistently. Uh, that does, If you do get the running game going, that forces them to get out of that two-deep shell. You have to bring a safety down to get that eighth man in there in the box to make tackles and to shut down the running game. Uh, and I think until the Chiefs start 
running the football effectively, they can expect to see that every single week. Who's going to win this game with the Chiefs and Raiders? You know, this one's in Las Vegas. Uh, the two teams play again in exactly a month in Kansas City. Uh, this is a game the Raiders have to have. I mean, they, they really have to have this game at home uh, if they want to keep pace. Um, I, I, I feel like they're going to bounce back well from the disappointing loss to the Giants last week. Uh, I, I like the Raiders in this game, um, and, 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 and only because I think it's a game that they have to step up and have to play well and be ready to go. And they all know that despite all the, the unfortunate distractions they've been through, uh, I expect this team to come out focused and ready to play in a big divisional game against the Chiefs. So I, I would go with the Raiders. This is the voice of Steve Berline, former fourth-round pick of the Raiders when they were in L.A., uh, played a couple years with the Raiders, and then a uh, big portion of your career in Carolina. We'll close on this. Uh, do you like the signing of Cam Newton, and how quickly can they get Cam up and running so that he can actually be out there on the field? Well, I'm, I'm pretty skeptical about the whole thing. Uh, it, to me, if if you just look at the, the facts, right, what has Cam done in the last several years? Not much. And uh, Bill Belichick really wanted that to work out up there in New England. Uh, you know, they really focused on trying to put together a a, a system that would fit his skill set. Uh, they did not have a lot of success and just let him go. Uh, and nobody's been really jumping in to try to, to bring him in to some of these other uh, quarterback needy situations. I, I think that most people believe that his better days are behind him, and I'm in that boat as well. I would be very surprised in this situation coming in mid-year uh, into a new offense. Um, now, obviously, Matt Rule with the, what, the offense that he's run in the past, uh, it, he could bring a lot of that stuff he had uh, down at Baylor into the equation and, and, and really you know create a lot of those one-pass option type of things, but uh, we'll see. I really don't expect him to be a huge factor uh, throughout the course of this season. We appreciate your time today. Thank you. We'll be uh, watching on uh, on Monday when you're back on again on CBS. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks. There he is. Steve Berline, former Raider. Had some real good years with the Carolina Panthers. Pretty big season in Phoenix. Definition of a, uh, a guy who definitely – Bloomed a little later because his biggest years were at age 33, 34, and 35. It does a fine job for CBS. Breaking down the National Football League. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we're going to check in with uh, another Raiders insider, former Oakland Raider. We're getting everyone on, right? Las Vegas Raiders, Oakland Raiders, LA Raiders. Uh, Stanford Route will come in and, again, we'll address this challenge for the Raiders defense. What worked last year isn't exactly what they're doing this time around, but it's working for the rest of the league, if you get what I'm saying. Cofield and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas.